Okay. <clears throat> That's it. Podcast done. You <laughs> <laughs> said everything we needed to say. Yeah, right. It's already too full. So, um, hello, friends. You will be listening later to this. Um, in this call, I have uh, Dorian Das. Uh, I just met him 10 minutes ago. Uh, invited him for a podcast. And actually, we would plan it ahead. But I felt excited to actually start this podcast straight away because um yeah just because so here we are um yeah so who's dorian does well i'm gonna give a little description of how i found found him and what inspired me to to invite him um i found him on on instagram a while ago and ever since i've been following some amazing pointers non-dual pointers if you will short sweet captions of truth and also some spoke spoken word poetry by the way with some good silences in between and it was very very powerful you know you see a lot of things coming by online in the world of non-duality um, whatever that still means these days um, and what for me really stood out was a certain authenticity and um And when I saw his post where he said, I'm not interested at all in any followers or money, um, I was like, this guy is the real deal. Let's get him on the podcast and let's, let's, let's hear what, what he has to say, what he's like. Let's meet him. So here we are, uh, me, myself, Thomas Matthias and Dorian Das. So welcome, brother. Good to have you. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. It's good to be here. <laughs> Yeah, so um, yeah, maybe maybe you can share a little bit about about where where all these beautiful pointers come from. What what sparks what sparked the initial start of writing them and sharing them, and and, and who are you on different levels? Right. Um, I think after, after the self was realized, I felt like a, a deep sort of desire to share what I had discovered myself with kind of whoever could come across it really. Um, yeah, after, after that discovery, they just, the, the words, the pointers, the poetry just started to flow effortlessly like it was I don't know I can't really describe it. it just kind of felt natural and it came with ease 
That's beautiful. You know, a question that comes up, if I may interrupt, um, because this is very these teachings or teachings. I don't even like the word teaching. Let's 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 cut that word. Yeah. But these 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 um, um this whole topic of self realization, it's very subtle, subtle. Yeah. And I know that people that want to that, that there can be this tendency that that it needs to, that people speak very correct about it like there's nothing to realize or or you are mm. already self-realized and you just said after the self was realized so i thought it was interesting and maybe you could tell me tell us a little bit about the process what what, what, what was it like was there like a shift for you a change in your experience what, what are we talking about? Yeah. Um, so I feel like self-realization and like liberation, uh, like sort of, there's like three stages. So at first, oh, I would say there's, there's three stages to sort of identity cessation. So at first, at the first level, I guess you'd say, you realize that you're not your thoughts and you're not your feelings. At self-realization, you realize it's pretty much the, the identification with the body just dissolves. And in liberation, the mental activity of I, me, my is uprooted through repeated self-attention. So after self-realization, so after I realized that I was not the body, like ex not conceptually, but experientially, that's when the pointers and the poetry just started to flow and sort of through that process that led me to the deeper realization that I wasn't the doer mm. which I feel like is the final kind of thing that it's the final thing that collapses into wholeness powerful and um makes me completely silent <laughs> um something came to mind when you were just speaking um yeah so if i speak from my personal experience and what i've heard uh also uh, uh, teachers confirm is that there can be these initial glimpses and and periods of realization and a kind of people go kind of in and out of it so it's not so people are awakening 
but it's not an abiding awakening. But the way you describe it, it sounds like it it kind of um, it's quite stabilized. Is that your experience? That it's quite stabilized. That you don't don't shoot in and out of it, or how is yeah, that for you? I think after after the idea of personal doership collapses into boundless awareness that is that's just the natural state that's just permanent it's the only thing what's the only no thing that's permanent within all impermanent experience and and if this is if someone is listening now and this person would be like what what the hell are you talking about <laughs> permanent <laughs> self not a body <laughs> well, what would you say to this person because i i can imagine that like you know for me a few years ago i would be like that like what what the hell i don't get it at all um yeah i would definitely yeah i'd definitely say like a couple of years ago i would have thought that i was crazy for saying some of this stuff eh? <laughs> what would i say i would say stay true to your own direct experience mm. don't talk about something if it's not in your direct experience if you don't know it experientially and you only know it conceptually, don't talk about it. Because that was that's exactly the thing. That's why I started sharing pointers and stuff like that because when I knew these things conceptually, I would sort of share other people's spiritual quotes. And that was like, the early stages of my page but when i knew that for myself experientially that's when i started to share from my own place of realization so it felt more authentic and natural and it, it was it was true for me because I discovered that for myself within myself it wasn't borrowed from someone else it was authentic from my own being you know i think we live in very interesting times because as you say we we can you 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 shared pointers of teachers and um, we have access to some very, very powerful teachings at yeah, our fingertips. Um, so I, I imagine you, that must have played a big role in your process. Is that yeah. correct? So how, how was that? You were, you, there was a, there was a what usually the, the, the trajectory of a seeker is they're suffering. We are traumatized. 
we don't know who we are and we the first we might seek in 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 in, in anything that that is like a, a drug or an, a numbing thing sex drugs alcohol right or we get sparked that there might be something to be found within and we go look for that how, how, could you share a little bit what feels relevant about this process for you where, where did you come from and how did you start seeking and, and what what helped you um i would say the the seeking started after i had a near-death experience when i was 20. I was I was living in Japan at the time and was training to be a canyoning guide. And we were doing a bit of swim training around the waterfalls and stuff like that. And it was really high water that day. So I was the I was the first one to try to like go around. You gotta go like around the rocks and then underneath the waterfall in this real narrow gap and pretty much what happened was i just got slammed by the waterfall i just formed straight under like ragdolled didn't know which way was up or down was under there for like god knows how long mm. and at a certain point this voice came and it said I'm probably going to die now. And then there was just this peace, this just like overwhelming peace and sort of feeling as if, as though I was being held because I wasn't resisting it. I just allowed, I just totally accepted that in that moment that I was going to die right then and there. And just this peace just washed over me. And that was probably like, maybe like a 10, a 10 second window. And then I was like, oh, no way, I want to live. And then I stuck my hand out of the water and my roommate grabbed it like straight away. It was like mad. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, that was, a, that was a far out experience. I feel like that was like my first, um, significant glimpse of silence. Wow, that's really not so long ago. Yeah, so that was two years ago from now. But yeah, after after that experience, it was like honestly, it was like next day. Like I started, I started meditating next day. It was like, it was so spontaneous. Did you have an instruction or you just went sitting? No, I just, just straight up, just, just like, um, looked up everything about it and just started the next day. Wow. And that was the funniest thing. Cause like at the time I lived in like, I lived in a house with like 10 other people and I shared, it was like a single room. And I shared it with another, another dude. 
So I had no, I had no space to do it. So I cleared out one of the closets in the house and made a, <laughs> and made a little sitting spot. Here. Everyone was like, everyone was like laughing at me. Like, what are you doing, dude? Like, what the hell? <laughs> everyone giving me weird looks. It's pretty crack out there. But so yeah, that's, that's interesting. So you, you had this, you had this experience and it was this deep silence. And afterwards yeah. you were like, like that was profound. And yeah, that was and you made a like, link immediately between like, this was some kind of meditation. I mean, I think after, after that experience, I was kind of in shock at the fact I was like, everyone was like telling me like dude you almost just died like what but yeah i was kind of in shock from that but yeah next day just watching like flat out watching all these spirituality videos and just started practicing meditation straight away Just, I don't know, it was just, it was just spontaneous and just felt a really strong pull towards it. And could you describe, um, uh, I'm generally curious, curious, uh, uh, you might have no style, but, but for anyone that's interested to meditate the way you do, because people say different things about meditation, what, what do you do when you sit down in meditation? What does it, what does it mean? Um, I would recommend three practices that I've used and that have worked for me on different stages of the path. So breath awareness is pretty simple it, it's all it's really all about attention so wherever your attention is that's sort of it's bringing your attention to one thing to the exclusion of all else so i started with the breath just sitting in silence Um, and I did that. So from that period of starting, I did that practice for about one year. And that was daily in the morning for like 30 minutes. And then at that point, um, I'd picked up, I'd picked up some other practices as well, but I don't know, like, I feel like you get to a point with practices and like guilt and shame starts to come in. Like the sense of being a person is still there. So you feel guilty for not doing the meditation, not doing the practices, not doing the yoga, pranayama, whatever. And at that point, there comes a willingness to just surrender or let go 
And from there, I kind of, I didn't drop that practice completely, but I would internally repeat um, the divine name. And so instead of bringing my attention to their breath, I devote my attention to the divine name, which was Shiva at the time. Mm. So internally in my heart, I would just repeat Shiva, Shiva. Whenever there was thoughts that would come, I would just Shiva, Shiva. It, it was kind of like, like home base, like coming back to the center, I guess you could say. This was recommended by anyone or there was just like your own natural no, response? No, yeah, it just, I, it was just naturally picked up out of feeling of love and devotion for God, pretty much. But, I feel like after reading the gospel of Sri Ramakrishna, that like fully ignited my love and devotion for God. Mm, interesting. I didn't read that. Yeah, I'd say Ramakrishna and Ramana Maharshi are like, the two most, the two biggest impacts on me for sure. Beautiful. Yeah. Because one ignited love and devotion for God and the other ignited attention to the self. Right. And, and what does that love and devotion feel like or look like? in day-to-day -day life the love or devotion to god i would say it's it's it, your attitude changes over time so i think the most mature or highest form of love and devotion to god is simply being as you are Mm, beautiful. It may start out with the invoking of his or her name and prayer and different forms of surrender and stuff like this, but the more and that's that definitely like that was absolutely necessary for me to go through all of that to come to a more mature realization that simply being as you are is the highest devotion i um i notice i feel a sense of um being impressed by the whole story and experience. It doesn't matter about age. You you had your 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 first glimpse at 20, 
and then all of this natural process started to unfold and now it's 22 it feels like an abiding realization like the self is realized and and that's that and it's beautiful and i'm living it feels like you kind of said like i'm living in a state of surrender and 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 here and his nowness and 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 peace something kind of unshakable where my experience i am uh, 27 started seeking when i was 21 had my first glimpse there in a buddhist meditation retreat but i i i can clearly tap into this experience but i i cannot i don't feel something abiding I feel like I've work to do. I feel like my shadows still come up, you know, my, mm. my, my, my stuff. And even though I would love to, 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 to stay there, I just feel like it's not happening yet. That's kind of work, but, but it's so, it's so unique, right? All of our experiences and for everyone that's different, but do you have any element of, 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 of shadows or, 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 or and personality stuff that comes up or how, how is that for you um or are you the new ramana maharshi and i don't mean that in any weird way but like ramana maharshi yeah. was also famous for like having a very quick realization and kind of staying there from then onwards you know so it I happens to people yeah but no, definitely not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not the new Roman Maharshi. No, no, I didn't try to get you claimed it, but you but, get what I mean. You get what I mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. But it's interesting that you say that. There's so many young people that are abiding in the natural state that I have connected with on Instagram. Mm. Like early 20s, like same, similar sort of story to me i guess you could say but to answer your question yes in the natural state you obviously you do still have unpleasant thoughts and feelings and emotions but you're not identified with them so you know yourself as the unchanging space in which the thoughts, feelings, and emotions come and go. And that never gets lost for you where the draw is so, so strong that uh, yeah, it takes you over, it, it hijacks you again. I would say once you're abiding in the natural state, that would not happen. But it's the pull of the pull of the habitual pull of personhood is so strong that. like constant practice is needed to 
collapse the misidentification. Like, that's where I feel like there was like, for me, I had that like year period of every single day, wake up, I don't know, like do the cold shower, um, do yoga, breath work, and then meditation all before I've even had breakfast. <laughs> so I've, I've had, I've had that, but I've had that year of practice, but ultimately I was still suffering mm. because I was still in a state of being a person who was doing the practices. And there was still guilt and shame when I didn't do the practices. But then you come to a point where you realize the only way that suffering is going to end is if you surrender. Not just like a one-time thing, but like a continuous repeated, repeated surrender over and over, constantly letting go throughout your daily life. And it's not like you're constantly like bowing down or anything. It's not that kind of surrender. It's more like giving up control, observing without trying to change anything. Um, and how would one, would you say, balance this out with, um, with preference, with living a somewhat normal human life? Right there, there is, there is, there is a, there is a, You could get as far to a point as where eating doesn't even matter anymore, right? <laughs> but where, where, where is that balance for you? How would one find that? I would say it's not so much an outside job. Like daily life isn't the thing that's making you suffering, making you suffer. It's where your attention is inwardly. So is your attention abiding in silence? Or is it 
sort of getting pulled and pushed around by the mental activity of I, me, my. Mm. That's ultimately like what it comes down to is because that's what surrender actually is, is letting go from the mental activity of I, me, my and inverting it into the silence of being. That's what true surrender is. Because in that, there's no, there's no room for personal will. When one inverts their intention, attention into the source, you see, you see through personal will. And the divine will alone remains. There's a there's an element of trust that comes with that. Definitely. Like That's a trust. huge one. Trust, like if you could like There's one word you could tell anyone on that's on the path. That's a trust. That's beautiful. You know, actually, it's funny because um, I'm actually, I feel like I'm learning a lot. I, I thought I would meet you and I would meet someone that I would probably connect more onto also these, these um, maybe doubts that are still there. Because I, I experience certain doubts, I experience glimpses and, and, and shifts, and, and but it, it's as I said, there's 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 a sometimes a sense of being hijacked, and then there's a sense right. of freedom. And, and uh, but actually, I I'm uh, I, I hear you, and 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 I'm learning from it, and 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 uh, it's so interesting because I I I sense that myself that I that there's this there's this feeling of do I fully trust that or, or should I kind of, should that I kind of stay a little bit in the mix, you know, manipulating <laughs> the show a, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny. Actually, I had an experience the other week on, on mushrooms, which okay. I went into ceremonially. Um, and um, I, I had this experience where I started to, I took a, almost a heroic dose, which is, I took four grams fasted while someone was wow. holding space for me. And, um, and the experience was that at first I started shivering and then I started uh, laughing like ridiculously. And then, well, I started, and then I started cathartically crying, like as I, mm. as I never cried before. And then I, my, my, but all of this could only be in, uh, in, invoked by 
me, my, me entering a deep state of surrender and rest because the mushrooms came on so strong that I, I, like, I cannot control this. Like, if I'm going to resist this experience, it's going to be very, very tough. You know, so there was this deep awareness, like, I can only surrender. So, and my body was entering this deep state of rest, like really slow breathing. And, and at some point, my breathing got so slow that I, I, for a moment, thought that my breathing stopped. And I wasn't sure if that, if I was gonna, if I had to control it again, because I, I thought I might die, you know, maybe this mushroom dose was so strong. And what I experienced then was like a kind of a surrender to that. Like if, if I need to die right now, then that yeah. is fine. But I also really trust that mother nature takes care of my breath or whatever you want to call it. God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like, I like mother as well because yeah. And, and, like, and, and, and it, but this was for me one of the deepest senses of trust I, I, I have felt in a while. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, trust to me is the highest form of love. Mm. Because you can say, like, oh, lovey, it's like, oh, lovey dovey, but like trust is like unconditional, mm. just flat out. If it's not unconditional, it's not trust. But this trust that any experience that is given is right. That there is a kind of a, but would you say it has an element of, of some higher intelligence having a plan for you? Yeah, definitely. There is a, there is a high power, 100%. Right. right, with a plan guiding you. Because people have all sorts of theories, right? All sorts of people that have deep abiding awakenings say very different things sometimes. It, yeah, like you can have... You can realize the nature of reality. But the way in which you came to that realization is the way that you're going to perceive that or express that. So like for myself, I came to the realization of the nature of reality through love and devotion. But maybe someone else that comes to that same exact realization comes to it through self-inquiry. That was not your path. I'm, I'm surprised no. to hear that. That's, that's the thing. That's the thing that's crazy is that I've never practiced self-inquiry once. Wow. It never, it never interested me at all. Totally <laughs> uninterested. Or it, pretty much for me, it went from devotion to the divine name to self, straight to self-attention. Mm. Because the divine name was, it's, it's the exact same thing as inquiry pretty much. 
it's pointing to that which is beyond thought sure it's just a it's a reorientation of your awareness your awareness is is an invested in the mental activity of i me my it reorients itself back to its natural standpoint i guess you could say it's not entangled in anything it just this open space but yeah those are the same tools like the divine name and self-inquiry are just pointing to what's beyond it and do you feel that there is um um i feel it remains a choice really after you've like seen like after you've kind of lost all your sense of distance and time and 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 location i feel if you've pierced through that because that's a pretty deep one if you start to to see this but my experience is that it's still a choice like um what do I give my attention to? Right? And it's not like temptations are gone. Don't you feel tempted by things in the world? Even just something as simple as a phone and scrolling for too long on it, then you know it's good for you. You know? Right. So you're asking whether there's choice? <laughs> um, well, I, I would love you to expand on that. What I, what, I, what, I, what I asked you is, yeah, I was speaking from a sense of choice, but maybe you have a completely different answer to that. It really, it really depends on where you're at. Eh? From the perspective of the person or personal doership, the, yeah, there's choice. I can choose to have a glass of water or an orange juice. But from the absolute perspective, There's no choice. Right. And that's, that's where the surrender comes in. Because choice is just pretty much, choice is just saying, I am in control of life. Whereas life is actually in control of you. It's just the, it's just a slight shift. So you say there's no free will. I don't, I don't particularly call it, I wouldn't call it 
I think I, I prefer to use personal will, not free will. There's no personal will. There's only divine will. So what do you mean by the difference between personal will and, and, and divine will or free will, personal will? <clears throat> I would say that personal will is when you think that you are the doer of actions and you believe yourself to be a separate individual. Divine will is what is. Or what's happening. You know, I've heard theories from, from respected teachers that and I find this, I have absolutely, um, well, if I, I've had conversations with, with people about this and I, some people uh, that are deep on this path that are absolutely certain that there's free will. They believe in that. And others that say, no, there's absolutely no free will. I kind of came to the conclusion, I have no idea. <laughs> it seems that, like it. Yeah, that's... That's the thing. That's what I was saying before. Don't talk about anything that's not within your direct experience. Right. Right. So, yeah. So I have no idea whether there's free will or not. What it seems like, but I know that that can only be, that can also be just an illusion. That's what I know. So that's why I know yeah. I can claim it. What it seems like is that I am claiming kind of my free will the more the more quote-unquote aware i become you know like, like 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 there's this moment of waking up from being completely identified with everything you think so whatever someone does whether it's something positive or something that you that you perceive as positive or negative you just react with either laughter or 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 whatever anger you know and then there's this moment where you become aware of all of these reactions that happen internally. And there's seemingly this choice becomes freed up. If you can say it like that in English, like, okay, I can see the thought. I can see the emotion. It sparks. Do I want to go with it? Does this serve something that I, that I value, you know? Hmm. And so I, 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 I feel I'm coming here from a completely different place in the way I approach life if I hear you speak. Because I, I, I kind of, and, and maybe there's a shift waiting for me still, but I, I kind of have like this kind of values and virtues I live by, kind of like I, I filter, like I sometimes take my thoughts and I see like, what is this in service to, to that, that, which I value, you know? And there's a mental process and then there's the seeming choice. But you would say all of that is the divine will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's 
when you're identified with the person, it seems absolutely real. But when the person collapses into presence, the illusion is seen through. There's a deep, unshakable clarity there. Because that's pretty much what the person is. And when I say the person, oh, it, people call it that. I don't really like using the word the ego because there's so much conditioning and concepts around that that are not true. And no one really knows what they're talking about when they use that word. Everyone has but, a different definition of it as well. Yeah. Yeah. So what I mean when I say the person is I'm referring to the mental activity of I, me, my. Something on behalf of a, of a separate self. Yeah, exactly. That needs I, to be protected. Those are the two words that I love to use, uh, the mental person and the separate self. Those two, for me, directly point to what it actually is. And what the person actually is, is the impulse to control what's happening. So long as there is the impulse to control what's happening, there's no surrender. So that's what it, that's what it is. It's constantly, it's constantly letting go of control and resting as unchanging presence. Which paradoxically still looks like activity. Paradoxical to the separate self. <laughs> right? Because it, like it, you, you work and you do things and you, 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 there, there's preference, right? So no, no control, like, like, like people that go for at this from a very mental perspective, there's this term, it's known as the Advaita shuffle. Have you heard of that? No, I don't think I have. So for example, imagine people standing in line for the grocery store, and then yeah. someone decides to stand in front of, 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 of someone else. Um, then this person could be blamed like, hey, um, don't stand in front of me. <laughs> and, and you could, and you could like kind of argue that it's not even, that it's like, it's not in my control. Like I'm not here, you know? Yo, that straight up, that is bypassing, spiritual bypassing. Right. It's not <laughs> right. taking responsibility. I, I, I love I love that you brought up that term because I think it's very important because especially like Advaita, it's very, very, or non-duality, it's very appealing to the mind, to intellectual minds, 
and, oh, it can yes, easily, right. and it can easily become a, a, a bypass. So how, how does one that doesn't abide yet in awakening prevent themselves? Or maybe that's not even a point to prevent, but you get where, where I'm going. How, how, how to deal with this? How to not get into bypassing? I keep I keep coming back to that same thing, eh? Like, stay true to your direct experience. Don't speak about something that is not your direct experience right here and now. And don't say you're free when you're not free. yeah it's like if it's if it's a concept for you that's i mean that's great but experiential understanding is what true freedom is freedom isn't conceptual don't don't say you it was out of your control to stand in front of the line in the grocery store because your yeah, experience because, was that it was your choice yeah Exactly, exactly. It's kind of like, how can I... Spiritual bypassing is just pretty much, how can I not be responsible? Mm. I feel like freedom actually... You have to be extremely responsible while knowing what you are at the same time. So you play in it, but you're not of it. It's mm -hmm. like a uh, powerful sentence. This responsibility, but maybe you want to add something. I don't want to interrupt you. No, no, it's fine. Um, Yeah, play the human play, dance the human dance, but know that you're free from it all. So be in it, like Jesus said, be in the world, but not of the world. You can... You can be in the person, but not be of the person. Because right now, it probably seems like I'm just an ordinary person, right? I'm functioning as anyone else would. But that's the difference. When it's like, when it's, when realization is really mature, or it's permanent abidance. The person isn't 
an identity. It's used as a function to interact with the world. That's beautiful. Like the ego isn't, or the ego or the person isn't a bad thing. It's necessary. Not as an identity though. As a function that presence uses the person as a function to interact with the world. That was the gold, I think, what you just said. It's not a bad thing. The very fact that you want to get rid of it is the per is the ego, is the person. Mm. Presence doesn't have any problems with being unconditionally human. Um, has there been a, a reorientation being? in how you uh, how how the, the the person the ego um, is for lack of a better word used for 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 something beautiful in service to Yeah, I feel like the reorientation is from the person as an identity to the person as a function. And it, but I meant and it'll be maybe in a bit more practical sense. But like you said, your job you work at the oh yeah, I, I I'm a support worker at a disability center. Right, that sounds like beautiful work. I yeah, can imagine that feels very much in line with what you know, capital yeah. K, no. It's super rewarding, eh? Beautiful. Powerful stuff, brother. Thank you, thank you for 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 sharing all of this. And yeah, you're welcome, I, man. I feel I feel it's really valuable. This conversation as well can be for people. Um, and one one last question. Uh, I think you had an amazing piece of poetry on your on your feed uh spoken word poetry if you feel like it don't feel obliged but uh would you would you like to share some spoken word poetry yeah sure what which which one are you talking about uh what was it again it was something i think i think it was you only have a few videos i think I think it was a playground. Oh, playground. playground. Oh, yeah. Hold up. 
you want me to pull it up? Or maybe you feel inspired to share another one. Oh, okay. I got. A, I think I got a few in here. Let me have a maybe look. Maybe something. Maybe something new. Yeah, yeah, something that I haven't shared before. Oh, yo, I got one. I'll I'll pull through. All right. I am stiller than the depths of the ocean. There's no potion. Just get rid of all false notion. Oh, shit. I'd be ice cold frozen while appearing in motion. Like a movie on the screen of pure consciousness, misperception leads to mad consequence and causes you to lose confidence. When you see with eyes clean like a light beam, the world ain't what it seem. It's a dream. You're the cream of the crop acting like a drop. Be not mistaken, my dear friend, awaken. Boom. <laughs> I love that. Thank you. <laughs> if I can speak out of personal preference, I would love to see more of your spoken word poetry. I think they're amazing. Thank I you. Really love them. Yeah. I, I got a few in there, so I really gotta get some videos going in. Yeah. Well, beautiful, brother. Thank you so much for, for sharing your story and for being on here, your first podcast yeah but this is like my first first thing zoom ever call. man <laughs> just just made the zoom account for this bro <laughs> amazing yeah no thank you thank you yeah thanks so much for having me on here man um if you want to find dorian you can find him at at dorian bus just that right yeah, yeah. Oh, Dorian Das 47 on Instagram. Dorian Das 47 on Instagram. So I highly recommend you to check it out. And I'm going to say see you in the next one, next podcast. Thank you, brother. That's good, bro. <laughs>